0: Welcome to the Village Church Podcast Show, episode 24. This is a twice-monthly podcast about culture, theology, and leadership. I'm Josh Patterson, joined here with Matt Chandler. On the episode today, we're going to be talking a little bit of culture and theology with Tony Romo, faith and football, and then move into Ask TVC, where we're going to be answering some questions from the past few weeks on our brand new segment, Ask TVC. Looking forward to this discussion.
1: Okay, our guest this week is Tony Romo. If you don't know who he is, he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's a regular attender here at the Village Church and a good, dear friend. So, uh, Tony, just I, I think it would be helpful. I, I think people know you as a football player, uh, probably have seen you in different things, and, and yet... Um, I. I'm surprised often that, that people don't know as much about your faith. And so will you talk just a little bit here as we get started about how you came to know the Lord and then what that journey's looked like in in more recent years?
2: Yeah. Um, first, appreciate you guys for having me. I think, uh, you know, it's—for my faith, it's been a—I guess in some ways it's normal, in other ways it's not. I mean, I came to the Lord—I grew up in the church a little bit, and I was in me- Methodist— growing up and then I kind of lost track a little bit just because it wasn't really mine it was just because of my parents and I was sure. there and then along the way I ended up um, going into basically a bible study that someone cultivated a good environment in college and I respected just who this guy was and his actions and that taught me a lesson just in general about that you're, people are watching you yeah, you know and when they're around and and, um, you know, I try and instill that sometimes in my life and, you know, sometimes I do a poor job of that. But overall, I ended up going there to the Bible study and, um, you know, getting saved and finding the Lord. And And then um, I'd love to tell you that ever since then it was perfect and I'm a perfect guy, but that's uh, about the furthest thing from the truth. Even though I was passionate, I ended up uh, struggling along the way. Still failing, still sinning, doing the same stuff, but but uh, always loving the Lord and yeah. knowing and trying to come back and work at it. And, you know, I fight that battle all the time. And then, you know, I've had very powerful different moments in my life. And um, one was finding the church here and and uh, being a part of this. So that's been my, my story a little bit.
1: Now, just for clarity's sake, this Bible study on the college campus, was it a deep kind of spiritual hunger that led you there or was it a girl?
2: great question uh it was probably actually more about just a friend who i just kind of gotten to know a little bit and then he was like hey we're doing this about saying the first few times or no and then he's like hey we're going so he's just nice every time and weirdly it it was the lord grabbing me you know it was just the holy spirit was just there and you just end up going um once I got there, there was a pretty girl, so I probably stayed stayed a few because of more it. times sure. than sure. I should have. But uh, that sometimes happens. <laughs> it, it does. So if you could, if you
1: could say, hey, this is if I think of the last twelve months, last twenty four months, uh, maybe even the you know the last. Three years, as I yeah. think about kind of what the Lord's been teaching me, how He's been growing me, are, are there some specifics you can point to and say, "Really, this is an area where, where God's really helped me understand a bit more of who He is, or or who I am in Him?" Or yeah. can you
2: talk a little of that? I think a big thing, and uh, a lot of it was really just through uh, me going to try and learn. And uh, you know, I thought I here's the the thing for me is I always felt like I, okay, I get the gist, I got it, you know, and you feel and you love the Lord and your passion and everything. And then you kind of go away. And, you know, if you don't go to ch- church a lot or you don't read the Bible, it's like, you know, it's the old saying that, you know, I'm a Christian on Sunday, but I'm an atheist by Thursday. And so for me, I felt like I knew a lot of it. yeah And so I would kind of go long stretches of time without putting in the time. Well, what happened over these last three or four years for me has been just you know, trying to make sure I don't go long stretches, and I feel like that's helped me understand things at a deeper level. You know, one one just normal one for me was that um, I didn't quite realize just how much it. I used to be so involved in the works department. Yeah. You know, I'm a football player, so it's always like you put in time, you go attack it, you're going to be better. Yeah, but then somewhere along the way, I just uh, started to really understand the gospel and just how Jesus. You know, it's it's a gift that I can't I can't go work enough for. Yeah. I can't go get it. And uh, when I found that out, that was a game changer for me, just in the, in the whole process of the way I thought. That's great. Um,
1: you know, Josh and I are, are both pastors, and so there's some unique challenges uh, of being a pastor, and then the outworking of your faith, where where it could be dangerous for us to compartmentalize really our, our walk with Christ into kind of what we do rather than who we are. Um, and, and so what, what are the, what are the unique challenges of, um, being a Christian and being a professional athlete? Like how does your, uh, what are those unique kind of tensions in, in being a professional football player and simultaneously, um, belonging, uh, to, to Christ?
2: Yeah, I think one thing I, you know, feel very strongly about is that you're, our, ide- our identity is wrapped up in, you know, what we do on yeah. planet Earth. Everyone looks at you as the pastor, me as a quarterback, Josh as something. I'm not really sure what he does exactly, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it's really Well, the world really may never know. Me. It's mm-hmm. like that Roll commercial. <laughs> we'll just keep it that way. <laughs> and so I, I feel like, you know, our identity is wrapped up in what we do because everyone tells us left and right. Yeah. So, our you know, in some ways, your job is to get rid of that and understand that it's uh, – you know you have a deeper purpose your soul this is this is bigger than what you do and um, you know that's going to go away at some point for me in my job you know i'm not going to be the quarterback you know if, if i live every day as if you know i am going to do this for eternity and forget about the fact that i'm only going to be able to do it for 15 20 years or whatever it is you know that's that's going to end yeah. and um, i try and make sure that my identity you know, is is bigger than myself, and it's in Christ. And I think that if you go that route, you're able to handle the ebb and flow and the seasons of life that that ultimately happen, and not just in football. Yeah, you know, it's obviously going to happen to you in your marriage, and just your family, and just the struggles and normal things that come about. And and as long as you have that rock rock solid base, you, you can get through it.
1: Yeah, All right, man,
2: That's good. Um, I one of the things
1: I enjoy uh, about just being friends with you and watching you work is. Um, there, there's this um, type of mischievous, kind of fun-loving spirit about you. And and I, I've enjoyed watching that um, you use kind of how God's wired you that way to really uh, bring together a room so that the gospel might be heard and understood and and you're really generous in those settings. So talk a little bit about how, um, in, in a very real way, being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys has created a platform uh, for you to help others understand and, and maybe get to ask some questions or be engaged by the gospel
2: yeah it's a great question i mean when you're young for me i was always almost i didn't want to ever put myself out there in in other words almost even doing this i would have never done this let's say 10 years ago just because wow what if somebody saw me one time you know Drinking too much, or what if someone saw me? Da da da. da then I would feel like, uh, I'm not good enough. You know, there's shame involved, and and that's what I was telling you about. Like, I, I recognize at some point, it's a lot bigger than that. It's not yeah. about your works and like a, we all have these things or whatever. And then you get back. For me, what I wanted to do was cultivate an environment that people around me can learn, similar to where I've learned. And um, I understood somewhere that people started to respect what I did. You know, I'm planet Earth here a little bit. Yeah. So as being the quarterback, they you have an avenue to have a little bit of influence. And um, once I kind of just recognize that, um, you can have good influence and you can have bad. Yeah. And uh, I think we want to all have, you know, the positive influence. And so part of that is just cultivating some environments. One is book club yeah. that I'm a part of with some really smart people and then <laughs> some that are not so smart.
1: Mm. Well, we won't say who's who, but go okay. ahead. Mm. And then uh, –
2: <laughs> <laughs> And then you know, college golf fellowship. We have people over at the house and things, and and then you just talk to your teammates. You know, they go through the up and down, the ebb and flow of their own season. And the, for the guys who don't have that rock solid base and Christ to live in, it's real difficult when you have a when you have a bad game, when you have a bad stretch. Yeah. And um, you know, those are opportunities. You know, to to be able to talk to them and they and they. You'd be shocked at how many guys, you know, need to lean on the Lord in those moments. So I, I think what's, what's interesting, I just want to camp out on this
0: just for a little bit. So book club is, it's not a group of Christians. It's, no, no. it's a group of, of guys who are kind of all across the spectrum and guys who are seeking, some who aren't seeking and tell you. I'm not, not I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I showed up for the dinner. Uh, and But it, it's been a really interesting platform of engagement where, you know, for me, to be able to see the gospel at work in guys' hearts and uh, to be reminded of the power of the gospel, you know, I, I can think of story after story of guys in that group who the Lord's really ministering to them. Mm-hmm. And if I think about the platform, and we're going back to this question, um, and how Tony has used his platform, the platform hasn't necessarily been as public praying at the center of the field after a game. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's been a platform that's a little bit more behind yeah. the scenes in the gathering of people and using that kind of gathering gift that you have and the gift of gab, which you also have, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> to bring guys together to set up the conversation. And those conversations now have been going on for years, and now de- relationships, genuine relationships, have developed that I think have really borne a lot of good fruit in some of the guys' lives. Other guys are they still don't care. They didn't care three years ago. They don't care now, but they're still coming. Yeah, and the gospel's still being preached, and still asking questions. Still sometimes asking questions. just
1: silently absorbing. Totally. there without saying a word.
0: And yeah. and you know then with the college golf fellowship deal, which I thought was really cool, was. Opening your home to a bunch of college golfers and having them come in, fifty of them or so,
1: sweet Candace sleeping on the, Sleep on the floor,
0: and but then just giving another platform for the gospel to be preached um, is really cool. It's a really cool thing to see that and, and, and to kind
2: of uh, take note
0: of that. And then another point, and you touched on this, and this is maybe the part that, a, as a fan, I don't get to see. Uh, because I think, oh, he's, he's an athlete. He just does what he does. But these are real guys with real lives, with real hurts and real situations. And so there's the season, but then there's also the season within the season of guys who are struggling, parents getting sick, marriages falling apart, uh, all of these things that are happening, kids getting sick, and and you and Candace are there. yeah, And ministering to them and and praying for them and opening your home and your lives to them. And so that's a really big deal. That's a really big deal.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. I, man, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about. Uh, again, I, I think interviews with you about football could go on and on and on and on. But uh, it's a it's a privilege to watch you with your wife and to watch you navigate that. One of the strongest, most opinionated, gifted, godly women I've ever been around. And, uh, and it's, and a, then, miracle. Yeah, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle. You got two. Two sons and, and then I, as I watch. You interact with your father, and then watch you interact with your sons and wife. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the importance of family, and, and really maybe start with your dad? I mean, we live in such days where most young men don't have a father who is en- as engaged as your father was in your life, and and not just around sports, but he just loved you. He wanted to be where you were. So, you talk a little bit about uh, your dad row, and then uh, into kind of how you're trying to shape your own home yeah. that, that Christ might be lifted high there, and your boys might see a dad who loves them and is for them, and is for the lord yeah.
2: you know the one thing is you talk about it and you hit it on the head i think i learn more and this is just me and not everyone's this way but i think a lot of people are i learn more by seeing and just watching and a lot through osmosis so yeah. just being around people so the more times i can just be around people that i want to be like and find things that i find myself literally just kind of doing things like that sometimes and so when you talk about a dad that's the ultimate thing. You know, no one has more influence over you than your father. And, you know, I take great pride in now being a father of two and how um, they see. I know they're little, but they see everything and they they make comments and they, they're going to grow up and be shaped. And, um, you know, I want them to, to be shaped the same way that, you know, my dad uh, allowed me to be, you know, and just you want to grow up and be a man and someone of substance and character. And. You know, that starts, you know, with just knowing who Christ is. And so every opportunity we have, you know, you know, we're letting him know when we sit down at a table, we're praying, you know, who are we giving thanks to? You know, we're giving thanks to God, to Jesus because of this, because of this. We go to bed. Well, we should say thank you to God for this day because of da da da, da. and then I want him to know just about how much um, I value that and how I, you know, a lot of it too, you it's how I treat his mom. Yeah. You know, it's how I treat friends, people, you know, and, uh, I saw my dad do that and that's what you want to do. You want to emulate that because you see the relationship and you're like, I want that. Yeah. You don't even know it. It's subconscious. It was just because he kept doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: Something that, uh, that is cool about your dad where he's, there's a sense about him where he's not just a dad to his boy and his girls, but he, he has a sense where he's a dad to a, A couple of guys, yeah. Yeah. And he has brought brought the fatherless in, in some respects, where
2: he's been that for a
0: lot of guys,
2: which has been really cool to see. Yeah, I do. I got some friends that uh, don't exactly have, you know, you just talked about the father to lead that family. And those homes are pretty broken. Yeah. And uh, it's not as if they grew up, you know, on the street. And I mean, they had kind of normal lives a little bit. It's just things happened and dad kind of got away and... They ended up breaking up or dad ended up just going his own direction and things happened. And And um, my dad would take them with him. You know, he'd bring them with and he'd hang out. And one of them was a cousin. Another one's a good friend of mine, you know, back from high school and he really was my best friend for a long time and still is living here in Dallas. And um, that showed me just the way to act toward people. Yeah, You know, and it was just the decisions he made. And it, those have a profound effect on you you know, just by watching. And that's, that's, if they can encourage anything about fathers, you know, what you're doing matters almost more than what you say.
1: Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch, man. And I've, I've got to tell you daddy that I, I love the way he has just opened up y'all's home growing up and, and, and lives and, and loved on some of those guys, some of that we've gotten to meet and see, yeah. kind of how in in a very real way, oh, yeah, is, real. your dad was used to kind of <laughs> redeem what could be far more broken, right? Oh yeah. Um, and so, hey, um, let's. So this might be a hard turn, but uh, I'm guessing you watched the Super Bowl. I did. It, was, um, it seems. So I'm I'm a pastor, not a not a professional athlete. Um, it seems like the top four defenses every year tend to do really well in the league. Am I on to something here? It does seem like that. Okay, it I does, mean, it could it be, again, I'm a novice could Be a blueprint. It, it, might, it might be.
2: So can <laughs> Josh, I ask some specific questions? Josh was reading an article. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, this is
0: so Todd Archer, who who covers the Cowboys, uh, wrote an article about this idea of a blueprint. Like it's this novel thing that nobody knows is secret that we can't let out that if you could just rush the quarterback, and create turnovers and stop the run, you'd be on to something. <laughs> and then <laughs> and if you score could, a couple points. <laughs> if you could get Vaughn on one side and DeMarcus on the other, and then have some guys kind of plug up the middle, if you could just do that, then you should be good. Yeah, and just have guys, have you guys covered guys thought on about the outside.
1: Because are you guys going to make some of those moves? I don't know. It seems risky. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it, it's just a blueprint. <laughs> but Just maybe we yeah trying. maybe
1: you can't build on certain soil or something yeah, I, I don't know, know. i'm not, I'm not know. a football guy uh, uh, hmm. well, so talk to us about like i love how you de-stress after games like one of your favorite um practices and again this is the stuff that people i think don't get to see that i mm-hmm. that i think really cool is you, after the games um win or lose what, what's kind of your favorite thing to to do or one of your favorite things to do
2: Oh yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I'm gonna miss most about playing in the NFL, it'll be just just after the football games, and it's really win or lose. Obviously, winning is more fun, is more enjoyable, and um, <laughs> it's like when you come to church and you're ready for Matt Chandler, and then Josh is speaking. Totally, mm. I get it. You know, that's a win. Thank that's you, Tony. A win
1: for mm. that's, that's, that's well played. Well played, Tony. He was Proud of you right to now. Yeah. Are, are you gonna need a hug after this? No, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to hug him too hard at his collarbone.
2: He's actually strong, so. I'm good. Just want to be mindful of that. (laughs) So when we go, we go home. I have basically my family that is all is there every week, and then I'll have like the friends or close people that I'm with that that come over. And um, you know, if we win, I take them through the game, take them through a series or two, and tell them all the little subtleties involved in the specific play that are uh, enjoyable for me to talk about. And then it's just a little bit deeper part of the game that people. And by take
0: them through, you mean you get out a pointer and you get up in front of a TV. And you pause and rewind and pause and rewind and
2: show. That is true. And sometimes my son, uh, Hawkins, ends up taking the pointer. And so we always make a point to let him talk about part of the game. So that's always fun. And then, uh, you know, the games where you lose, you just have those people there to allow you to kind of forget a little bit yeah. and just kind of get get away from it. And um, because, you know, those, those games when you lose and um, you don't win, it's just very difficult mentally to be a, not thinking about it 24 7 but sure. what you could have done and i'm still thinking about it but it's just nice to take my mind off and enjoy yeah. the people that i care about and love and that's a it's a really a special gift to have that so do you
1: so i'm gonna just I'm, i've got a question i just want to ask it do you feel like coming off a loss um Knowing that good friends and family are watching they're cheering they're hoping do you do you have to process and how do you process kind of that feeling that maybe you've disappointed them or you've let them down, or do you yeah. do you wrestle with that at all Tony or
2: yeah, I think what I've found is that uh I do feel like I let them down, you know, but I let myself down, yeah, and uh somewhere along the way it's the same thing with just getting closer to the Lord and everything for me, it's like, yeah, I let them down, but that's why they're here. They're still going to love me. Cause what happens when you first start playing is you feel like everybody, cause your identity's in that. Sure. Everyone only likes you because you're good and you do this. Then somewhere along the way you realize they still kind of like me, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm okay. You know, cause my identity's not in this and they hurt for me just as bad as I hurt for myself, you know, the people that love you. And so, I just genuinely want to, uh, you know, I'm always the guy who likes to talk about the elephant in the room. So it's like, yep, I was terrible. Let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah, let me just say, all it. It. say it. You don't have to say it. are it. Let's just go ahead and move on. <laughs> now let's talk about like uh, something else here. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a miracle. It's a miracle.
1: Now, do you want to talk about the catch, non-catch? It was clearly a catch. Oh, clearly. But it
2: I mean, was clearly at some point, they'll come up with the, the rule the right way, and I'm sure, or at least a way that can make it. I mean, they kind of define it now, which is just like nothing's a catch, you know, if the yeah. ball ever touches, which is a rule. You know, at some point, they'll come up with a better way in the future. There'll, there'll be something where, where they have a, a time on it. You know, there could be something as simple as like 0.8 seconds, 1.2 seconds. You know, something's just go ahead and put a stopwatch, touched his hand, took that long. Bam! It was. Oh, it's point one over. Nope. Yeah. You know, someone's going to do something that's going to come up with something like that.
0: Let me ask you this: Just what this next season will be? What is it? Thirteen for you? Thirteen seasons? Ooh,
2: 12, it, might have, 13? it Might have already been thirteen. What is it? Oh, three. It might be.
0: So something like 03, that. Thirteen-ish. Twelve-ish. Yeah. Thirteen. So you come in as an undrafted free agent, fourteenth season. Yeah, it'll be the fourteenth. Come in undrafted, mm-hmm. third string. Uh, and then some circumstances happen. You get you get an opportunity. You come in, what a second half of a game. Parcells put you in, and then to think about the trajectory was that oh six? Yeah, when I first started playing, yep. And then oh six until now it's sixteen. How has your kind of love for the game evolved? Your perception of the game, your perception of this position, your and being in Dallas, which is yeah. I'm not sure. There's a bigger kind of spotlight in terms of this position with this city and the way that we view Dallas Cowboy football. How's it, how's it, what's that evolution
2: been like for you? Well, I've been asked that a few times. And what I found was it all felt normal in the process that I was going through because there was never, God almost never gave me more than I could handle. Like, um, it was never like, even though it looked like I went from nothing to something pretty quickly, I didn't come in that first year as an undrafted guy and then just beat out the other guys and then mom starting quarterback. It was three and a half years, and by that point you're you know what to do and you the game feels more normal and uh, you expect to play well. Now you don't know for sure. You know you think you're pretty good, but you're like I don't really know until I go out here and either get exposed or play well. And that happens to everybody. And um, the evolution is always just taking small steps. And I can still remember. You know, I was in my second year um, in the league, and and Quincy Carter's our returning starter, and we end up bringing in. We went to the playoffs the year before. We bring in Vinny Testaverde to challenge him for the starting spot, and then in the summer before we're going to camp, we bring in Drew Henson to be the quarterback of the future. Now in the NFL, no one keeps more than three quarterbacks. Right. You know, at, at any point, you know, a lot of them keep two. And so I'm sitting there, and obviously I'm not really wanting to get into the numbers game, but I'm not a rocket scientist, but Somebody one, will not two, be here. three and <laughs> I'm four, just doesn't look as solid, but you don't want to think that way. But the problem is you can't help it. Yeah. So when I get in camp these first few days, I'm tight. I'm like, every throw, I feel like I have to make perfect lead. And it's like, I just can't not do anything wrong, and I have to read it perfect, and I have to know what's going on, and I have to do it faster, and... And I was just struggling for about three days. And I remember sitting in the, my hotel room right there. And I was like, I was so pent up with anxiety. And everything was just coming to a head. And it was like, I can't take it. Like, just, it was just so much. My whole life felt like it was on this moment. And uh, that's when I sat in bed and I just prayed to the Lord. And this was a very defining moment for me. And I was like, if I'm not meant to, you know, be the quarterback here or play quarterback in the NFL, that's fine. Then I'm going to go back and be a really good assistant golf club professional, you know, back in Burlington, Wisconsin. Yep. And um, I know I've told you guys this story, but it was defining because it showed me what life is really like when you just give it to the Lord. It was freeing. I was free. I was free to go out and let that ball go and miss by 10 yards. I was free because it was like, you know what? I'm okay with the outcome. It's not up to me. Now, I'm going to work my butt off and do everything I can, but it's really not up to me. So I went out the next day and I was like, all right. We're going to let it go. And I started throwing the ball 10 times better, but he was just fast. He was aggressive. And I didn't worry about the results. All he worried about was being at my best and just letting it go. And uh, you know what? A couple of days later, Quincy Carter gets cut for reasons unknown. I end up making the team. You know, and the rest is uh, history, as you say. It is.
1: What do you think? This past year was tough. It oh, yeah. was a tough year uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but you're looking at you, you're healthy, Dez is healthy, um, you, great O-line coming back. As you think about uh, next year, what do you what do you think the boys stand? I mean, we we probably need some help in the draft. Probably need to do some free agent moves, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. No no knock against the guys that are there, but as you're thinking about next year, um, hopes. What do you think we need to work on between now and then?
2: Yeah, I mean we got to get better. I mean, we're a four and 12 ball club. That's not up to anyone's standard. Um, I'd like to think that I would have helped us in some key situations sure. last year that would have allowed us to be better than that. But, um, you know, these seasons will make everyone uh, look at themselves and um, make it, you know, when you have a 4-12 and 12 year, it's everyone's on notice. Yeah. You know, jobs are on the line, people's livelihood. And so I think you'll find you'll get the best version of everybody from here on out. Now we need some some more players to improve. At the same time, you know, I got to be better. Um, I got to be healthy. Yeah. And I think I will be. You know, I'm, I'm feeling real good right now. And so I think this will be the best offseason I've had in a long time. And my back's getting stronger and stronger. So just got to get, get some people that that can help our team. And then some of our guys just got to get better.
1: So we got to be able to rush the passer. Stop the stop run. Stop the run.
0: And uh, I – there's another one out there, but
1: like I think you turnovers, turnovers, You're supposed to get turnovers. If you could do that, yeah, or three pointers.
0: If you had your pick, Matt or me, out wide, who are you taking? Um, or in the slot?
2: Where, where do you need us? Well, Those I usually go positions. for height. I usually go for height.
1: Sorry, bro.
0: So speed does not matter apparently.
2: Not at your
1: speed. Okay,
2: that's offensive. <laughs> it does matter. It does the, matter. the
1: difference is between four seven and four eight doesn't really matter a lot. Well. <laughs> didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> uh, kudos for throwing it out yeah. there. Just hoping. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just hoping.
2: You can never win if you don't try. You you know, know, I, still, <laughs> I
0: felt free when I was in that one camp. And uh, just like you talked about earlier, I just felt free
1: to let it fly. <laughs> apparently,
0: I didn't make the team.
1: <laughs> no, That's no. Okay. You, you're on the team. You're just behind me. But, you so just, behind I need that. to be injured before you come in and play. Unless sure. Bleecker's there. And then... <laughs> You need to wait for I'm me to get Then <laughs> we got a battle. <laughs> Between him and Cole.
2: <laughs> Bunch of lollygag. Yeah,
0: no
1: doubt.
2: All right, brother. Okay,
0: let's do Ask TBC.
1: You want to do it?
2: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Tony got a ton of the Ask TBC, which I'm
2: offended by. I'm offended for you. Well, so Let's do it.
1: Tony, here's one from Spencer Traver 7, I believe, if I'm wrong there. Um, what has God taught and revealed to you from your past injuries? What have you learned from the Lord via your injuries?
2: Yeah, it just shows you, you know, it's going to end one day. And during those moments when you don't have the game, um, you appreciate being able to play the game. Now you try and make sure that it's not your identity and it's all wrapped up because it, it's going to end. One day you're not going to play football. And yeah. um, I think you—you you, your mortality comes into play in your brain and you start to understand you know, about life after football. Um, but it also gives you an opportunity to really just, um, uh, know who you are. And I got to spend a lot more time with like my kids and my wife. And so there are some, you know, I hope I don't do it again, you know, with the injury aspect, but it's, it's been, you can always see the good in things. The Lord, you know, gives you what you can handle. And yeah. I think, um, For me, it just revealed a lot about myself and the way I might have ticked inside. But uh, I do appreciate being able to play this game. I don't take it for granted. It's a privilege. And uh, as long as I'm playing, I'm going to give everything I got. And then when it's over, you know, just trust in the Lord and keep riding.
1: Love it. So this is a great one from Noel Randall. She says, being a homemaker, Christ teaches me his character through, day to, through the day-to-day feeding of my family and cleaning. What have you learned about the character of God through training and playing football?
2: Well, I've also learned a lot through my feeding of my family and cleaning, because that's usually what I do just around the house. That's I don't believe you. That's not <laughs> true. I apologize. We will
1: send her the link, and then I'll be over to counsel. <laughs>
2: That's going to happen, actually. So (laughs) um, what I've learned about, you know, my character, I guess, through the training and playing football, football is a great teacher because you will get knocked down. I mean, a great example was just how high, you know, Carolina was throughout the season. I mean, they were almost unbeatable. Even the game they lost, it's kind of a fluke, you know, all this stuff. And they looked unbeatable. Cam's the MVP. And then uh, the game has a very... Unique way just like life of humbling you and that's why you don't necessarily you know want to Be on a pedestal in in an environment that you You know have a tough time coming down from and so I feel like uh, Football has humbled everybody the game is not easy. It's gonna be one of the toughest things you're ever gonna do Um, At the same time, it's very rewarding because it teaches you how to get back up. It teaches you not to stay down and there are plenty of guys who do, and they just kind of go away, but for the guys who keep getting back up and just say, "Okay, you got me today, I'm gonna to get better. you give credit where credits due, and then you get back up, and you get better and um you know it's kind of a way just to be a Christian you know it's just you're gonna get knocked down you're gonna you're gonna fail you're gonna you're gonna be not the best version that you want to be, but that's okay, you know um, God's just like you know a father would be you know a When I fail, I used to, you know, run from my dad because I'd be in trouble. You know, the older I get, the more I run to him. Yeah. Because I want to talk and you want to get, and I want my kids to do the same thing. And it's all that, that Christ wants is just, you know, when you, when you get knocked down, it's okay. He loves you. Come on back. You know, it's football's a great teacher that when you're down and out, it's okay. Get back up, get back to work, you know, and it's not the works department with God. He just loves us. So it's almost easier. Yeah. You can literally just go pray and talk to him and. You come on back, back, and football's taught me how to come on back, and it's helped me even in my, you know, just trying to be stronger, you know, in my Christian faith. That's good. This question is from at
0: Av Arnold 95 Oh. Yeah. Matt, he says this, hey, I've always struggled with how, to, how do I know when God is talking or
1: answering me?
0: How do I, how do I know when God is talking or answering me?
1: So I, as a continuist, uh, I believe that um, that you can you can get a sense of direction from the Holy Spirit via the encouragement of others, just even a sense in your own heart. But primarily, we, we understand uh, the voice of God and the words of God via the Scriptures, and that the Scriptures are sufficient for all things. Um, and so, man, I, I would say if... If it lines up with the Word of God, you, you're pretty safe there. And if it lines up with what would be considered biblical wisdom, then then I think you're you're pretty safe there. If it goes contrary to the Scriptures, then again, you know that's not the voice of God. And so, where where the Word of God is clear or leads you into um, categories that it would deem as wise. Then, then you know in that space this is this is what the Lord has for me; this is where he would um, He would have me walk and and I think of those moments and, and i don 't know really what what 's happening here uh, with a b arnold ninety five but if it, it could also be that I, I know when I married lauren it they, it would fit the category of Christian wisdom. she was a godly woman seeking the Lord. Um, had a a desire to make much of Jesus with her life, was willing to um, live the life of a pastor's wife, whatever that might mean, which back when we were dating, I mean, we thought, you know, Poverty in the middle of, you know, who knows where. And um, and and so I biblical wisdom is this is a woman who fears the Lord. This is a woman who's willing to respect and walk alongside of me wherever God calls me. And, and so even in that the impression I got in my heart that I should marry her, the impression that I believe is from the Holy Spirit was confirmed by the scriptures. And so that, that's how I, I'm, I'm saying you need to know the scriptures well. Yep. You need to heed the scriptures and, and what they say. And the impressions either need to be um, filtered through the scriptures outright, or you need to have a good sense of um, what, what the Bible would call wisdom.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's this reality to, I, I know the Lord speaking to me when I read the scripture, because he has spoken through his word. And so that's the place of greatest confidence and yep. clarity, that God has, in fact, spoken to me through his word. So I know that he is speaking or talking to me when I am reading his word. And and then there is there is that freedom in some other areas of, in terms of decisions. Do so I go this way or that way where the, the Lord provides liberty? Yeah. Um, but even in the example you gave just now with Lauren, that that there was an impression that, yeah, she's the one, but then there's also – there were some real clear things that you knew that, that had to be in place, like yeah. you were to marry a woman. You were to marry a Christian woman. Those yeah. were things that God has made explicit in his word to you that are really clear. And so I think that shows just the interplay between that which comes out of his word and that which there's freedom to kind of work and move with what, you know, you just described as the impression of the spirit and things like that. So here's a question from at jdvt underscore sc – I have no idea what that
1: stands for. Maybe we should get their names off JDVT of. underscore <laughs> SC. <laughs> Not on there? Okay, so I was okay. talking to the producer.
0: Well, I want to honor this question. Let's do it. Let's do it. Could you guys explain a little bit about the role Bible memorization plays in your discipleship? Any tips? What's a realistic goal? Now, I'll jump in on this one. I think it is important, uh, obviously, um, because... I'm in memorizing the scripture i 'm hiding the word in my heart, yeah, and uh, it 's something that i 've done personally it 's something that i 've done with my kids and uh, and really, I think we all know this about scripture memory is i i can I can know something by rote and not know something yeah. Uh, that there's a knowledge that runs deeper, or there's a there's kind of a wisdom, there's a sense that runs deeper than knowledge. And so anybody can memorize a sentence or a paragraph or a chapter, but to know the depths and the richness and really to know the Lord behind that scripture uh, is something together all uh, that's just different. And so in thinking about scripture memory, I, I've tried to memorize Psalms, I've tried to memorize passages, and and so I don't have a, I'm going to do one verse a week, one verse a day, one... But I'm just memorizing that, which I'm kind of in and around and considering and thinking uh, and trying to invite my kids into that
2: process. So I was just going to ask a question more than anything about that. But for me, I feel like it's a it's a really good thing as long as it's not. I'm winning. I memorized it. Totally, yeah. you know, and that's where I feel like it can it can become that. Yep,
0: and that's you, where it comes back to that works thing you yeah. were talking about.
2: And that's the only thing is like uh, I just want to make sure for me it's the content like you just talked about. If you gain the depth of it, it's a great thing. it yep. yeah. can be very rewarding probably for people to be able to do it. I'm terrible at it.
1: Yeah, so I uh, so I have um, a memorization app that that I use uh, on my uh, iPad and. Uh, use that. I I like like you said, Josh. I don't I don't I don't necessarily have like a stated goal of this many verses a week or anything like that. There'll be times that I'll think I want to memorize this chapter, or man, I'd really like to dig into these eight verses because they're significant for me, or they were significant in the season. And so I, I think the best way to think about it is maybe another another discipline. Like if you if if you're a forty year old guy and you're working out. Really, you're just working out to work out again, and so um, if if I miss a day here or if I then man, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up that I missed that day. I'm just gonna keep going as often as I can and keep going back to the well as often as I can. And I want to walk in the tension, acknowledging that that because of my sinful heart, I'm gonna want to know some scripture just so I can know some scripture. And and I want to be real careful to, I guess the language we might use is be uh, under the line to, to really be in my heart and in my spirit when I'm in the Word of God, a- asking it to read me, reveal things about me. I, because especially as a preacher, I mean, the Bible to me is like, ooh, that'll preach. Yeah. And I can theologize right. as opposed to really let the weight of the Word of God shape me and confront me. And I I don't want to memorize because I want to be in a group of godly guys and go, oh man, yeah, that's just like Romans 8 says and then blah, blah, blah. I mean, right. I just don't want to do that.
2: It's funny. Bleeker does that all the time.
1: Well, he does. <laughs> that's. I'm hoping he listens um, to this yeah. one. I don't think he's listening to any of the podcast, but hopefully he'll
2: <laughs> listen to this one. I tell you, when you say that, I genuinely feel like just a relation to football a little bit and you talk about how just doing it each time. We don't want like a quarterback. When you evaluate a guy, you don't want someone who's like, so rigid, I've got to get my workout in 24-7 before I can go throw. before You've got to be fluid. Like, you always want people who can just, who have a little bit of, uh, it's, it's a weird term, but it's like, we want someone who genuinely has a little bit of stuff to them, yeah. and um, we don't have, like, a great term for it, but they just can adapt. You yeah. know, they're a chameleon, and they just, they're good at this, but they can also kind of shift, and they don't, their brain doesn't go crazy, and they're not frazzled if they didn't get their workout in. Yeah. You know, because that's what happens to a lot of people. They're so routine oriented that they make it, you know, just strictly about the routine. And that's a great thing. It's hard to be great at something without some sort of a routine. At the same time, are you able to be out of town, out of your routine, and still gain depth from the same, doing something a little different? Yeah. And if you can, you can keep growing. It's good. good.
0: Hey, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the conversation. Tony, thanks for being on. Matthew, as always, enjoyed it. And just want to say to everybody out there, if there's anything that you've heard us talk about on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find all the details on our website at thevillagechurch.net. You can look at the episode descriptions on our podcast show page. Next episode, we're going to have on some different staff members to interact and discuss politics, the gospel, and how we should interact as Christians. That, that should, should go be, well. That should go lively. Oh, I'm all in on that one. You, you want to come back on that one? Well, call in. I'm busy. Just call in. If you got a question, you do want to engage in that discussion with us. Let us know on social media using the hashtag AskTVC, and we'll try to answer some of those questions on every episode. So see you next time. God
1: bless. Indeed.
0: All right.